Come on, Frank. We're going to chant. Open this up. Say it with me. Four more years. Four more years. Four. What, you're not joining in? Mm-mm. <sighs> Whatever. Roll the intro. This is the War on 94 Sports Podcast. Your weekly dose of everything Chicago and Milwaukee sports. Now, here are your hosts, Frank Fernandez and Evan Schleinser. What's up, everybody, and welcome back. Another episode of the War on 94 podcast is here. It's Frank with Evan, as always, here to bring you everything in the world of Chicago and Milwaukee sports. Evan, how are you feeling? After the news of today, uh, and you wouldn't believe it by listening to the earlier podcasts, but I'm pretty, pretty happy. I mean, my, my bucks are cruising. Rogers is back. March Madness is here. I, it's a great time of year. How are you feeling? I can agree that March Madness is back. <laughs> uh, outside, of, outside of that, not, not great. great, Bob. Not great, great Evan. <laughs> Tale of two cities, huh? Yeah. Literally. It feels like it's always been that way since we started this podcast, but uh, we're, we'll, we'll be back. We'll be all right. Let's 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 start as we always do. Let's not waste any time. We got a lot of things to talk about today. We'll do the best thing we saw this week. What do you got for us? Like, as I said, March March is back. If you've been paying attention, there's been some pretty cool endings on on front and center on ESPN for our viewership pleasure. We had the Wisconsin-Minnesota game last Tuesday, about a week ago, for mm-hmm. Wisconsin to... Oh, Wisconsin-Purdue. Thank you. Wisconsin-Purdue for Wisconsin to clinch the share of the Big Ten t- title at home. And it was a pretty crazy ending. Purdue came down and hit uh, a game-tying shot with about eight seconds left. Bench going mad, mm-hmm. everyone going crazy, scrambling to defend. And what was it, Davis? No, it was a freshman. I forget who it was, but it was a freshman. I can't remember his name, but yeah, he he hit a he hit the step back three off the okay. Off the so window. it wasn't Davis, but everyone rushes the court, including randomly the big cat and his podcasting crew Detroit. who were sitting front yep. row shirtless the whole time. Did so you funny. see that bit? That was hilarious. Yeah. So funny. I, that was part one. And then yesterday, the SOCON conference, SOCON championship, Southern Conference, I guess is what it is. Yeah. It was between, it was in Asheville between Chattanooga and Furman. Thank you. Furman, which I, as I texted you, learned was in South Carolina literally that night. Welcome Learn to something March. new every day. Learn something new every day. And Jean Baptiste is this guy's name. Uh, you know, <laughs> Furman was looking good, and I, I and like I said, they they same thing. They tied it, pretty pretty incredulous shot on their look, look to get yeah. the game, and I think they were even was up by one, weren't they? Yeah, it was. I think they went up. No, I think they were up by two. Yeah, they were they were up either way. We can agree on that one, and well, that we can agree. This on. guy with like four seconds left, just goes coast to coast. And I texted you, I think you you ended up falling asleep live, but I'm sure you've seen it now now on replay. Like the purest buzzer beater I've ever seen rises up over three defenders and just like, I don't think the net moved. Like yeah. it, it, it was just so crystal clear. And there's like 400 different camera angles. There's a band member in the background of one just losing his shit and probably falling down three three rows of stairs. I mean, banners up everywhere. John Baptiste takes his jersey off and is running across the court. The, the so Furman sick. players are collapsing in disbelief. Uh, just everything, the good and the bad of March in one shot. And it was just so, so fun to watch because you're like, okay, you know, you're watching your Bulls and, and they were not, you know, we'll get to that. But right. I was watching a different game, Cleveland State, one of the local teams here was playing in their, their their tournament and weren't looking good. But you just flip to a game and all of a sudden it's a championship and it's it's yeah it's back and forth down to the wire and finishes in the best way possible. Right. I love – one of my favorite parts about this this championship week we're in right now, this conference championship week, I love a small conference championship game that is held at the higher seeds home gym. Oh, yeah. It is like the ultimate – like it feels like a high – like most of the time it feels like a high school game because the gyms are so small. The crowd is packed like – 
cheering their hearts out and just to see these games go down to the wire you re- this is really where the you know the big names you find out about this is where you find out about the cj mccullums the the yeah. stephen curry's you know uh the florida gulf coast dunk city like this is where it all comes together and it just makes march like oral roberts last year going on that yeah. huge run as a 15 seed like this is where it all comes together you know as well, the great it- the great it's Sports Illustrated cover with oh, D Brown, absolutely. Illinois, holding his jersey out. It's March. Let the madness begin. Yeah, it's where you it's, make your name. It's well, the and best. Then one of the other ones um, you were t- recalling great, like Cinderella's. Another one is making its way back to the tournament. I mean, one of my favorite stories of all time is. Uh, Georgia State and their buzzer beater with their coach who was having to mm-hmm. sit on the stool because of surgery restrictions falling off the stool as yep. their team w- hits a buzzer beater to it was like a 13-4 upset I think or something even yeah. crazier than that I mean just this like you said this is this is where names are made mm-hmm. nobody's become somebody like it's crazy I'm so excited and this is you yeah. know, the best start possible it's it's gonna be great and now we get into the you know the big boys coming to play in their conference championships. Uh, we'll get into that in a second, but I did want to highlight my best thing I saw this week, sticking in college basketball on Sunday. We had the big 10 title race come down to the wire. Uh, Wisconsin had clinched a share, as you mentioned last Tuesday against Purdue in a thriller. Well, that share was still up for grabs uh, Sunday, last day of the regular season for everyone for most, for all the big schools in college basketball. And there was still a chance for University of Illinois to get that other half of the Big Ten title. All they needed was, oh, the the best team in the conference, Wisconsin, to lose to the worst team in the conference, Nebraska, at home, and then to come out and beat another great team in Iowa later that night. Well, they got the first part as... Nebraska pulled off a stunning upset of Wisconsin in their home gym at the Kohl Center, beating them 74-73 in a thrilling ending. Uh, Johnny Davis went down with an injury early in the game, and you know Wisconsin really just couldn't recover, and Nebraska just stayed in it. The fighting Fred Hoibergs pulled it out and set it up for Illinois to pull it up to uh, get that second half of the of the Big Ten title. And Sunday night in a great game against Iowa, a very tough Iowa team, a team that's going to be probably a top five seed in this year's tournament. Illinois did their thing. They fought hard and they ended up coming out on top. We saw another court storming and they got to celebrate a Big Ten title of their own. And it led to them being the number one seed in this week's uh, Big Ten tournament. So crazy stuff happening at the end of the year. An Illinois team that lost their best player in Iowa Sumu. Almost lost their best, their second best player, and now their best player in Kofi Coburn, due to the fact that NIL rules hadn't gone into place yet. And they fought and scratched and clawed their way to a big share of the Big Ten title, first time since 2005, with the aforementioned D Brown on that team, going all the way to the national championship. We won't get any more into that because I cried that night <laughs> after the, after Illinois <laughs> lost to North Carolina in the national title game. But I digress. Love college basketball. This is the best time of year. It's the best postseason, I think, in any sport. Oh, yeah, Um, unparalleled. And so, yeah, it's time to dance. And uh, it's going to be really exciting. This is probably the most wide open we've seen a tournament. Bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, you can at least name 10 teams who have a legitimate shot at winning the title. Mm -hmm. And if you wanted to go deeper, you could probably name up to 20. Yeah. it, It is as wide open as we have ever seen. And that means that chaos will only ensue. There's no other way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and now, and the tournament is completely back to its normal self. Yeah. Um, we got teams playing all across the country. Uh, we got, you know, big games in Chicago and San Francisco and Philadelphia, San Antonio. We got the big, you know, the final four in new Orleans. Uh, one of the, one of the best places I think to have the final four in the, in the Superdome. It's led to some amazing moments throughout the years, so it's going to be really exciting. Let's talk Big Ten Tournament, though. we got the Big Ten Tournament starting Wednesday, and we have a pretty wide-open field. Some of the best players in the country, some of the best teams in the country 
going up against each other right now. They are projected to have eight teams in the big in the uh, the big dance. So we're going to see some great action over these next couple of days leading up to right before Selection Sunday. Uh, literally the last game before they make the the brackets and they, they announce all the teams that get yeah. in. It's it's a it's a great tradition. I've always loved how the Big Ten is the last thing you see before you know Selection Sunday really gets going. Agreed. Yeah. No. They they're like the final one. It's like they you make you make your you know make your stamp. And I, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to disagree with me with it when I say this. But I remember a few years ago when they like started bouncing around. I don't know where it is this year. Um, the final is it back in Chicago again? Mm-mm, it's in Indy. Indy. Okay. Well, either way, that's where it should stay. I remember they had to, they went randomly one year, sent it to New York and had to go a year early yes. or a week early. Like the worst yes. decision of all time. Yeah. Keep it in your place. Everyone have your own city where everybody knows they're going to watch their conference tournament and going to play in their conference tournament. And Indy is the big 10 spot. I'm yeah. all for it. Totally. Okay your nation. That. Let them have it. Yeah. They can have the big 10, big 10 championship. For football and for basketball. That's yeah, totally absolutely. fine. They get those two things a year and nothing else. Indianapolis. <laughs> nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, who needs to – I mean, Rutgers isn't an original Big Ten people, so sorry. No, I mean, I love Madison Square Garden as much as the next guy, but that's Big East tournament. Like, that is synonymous with, you know, Kemba Walker and with Jerry right. McNamara leading Syracuse to the, you know, Big, Big East title. Like, it's not – it's not Big Ten it's, country. Like, it's Big East you, and ACC. Yeah, that's, that's fine. And, and and that's totally fine. And we don't need to, you know, infringe on that territory to like right. have right. our names up in the in the rafter, you know, the big lights of New York City and whatever. Like, <laughs> no, that's not what the Big Ten is about. Like, we no. brought in Maryland. We brought in Rutgers. That's enough East Coast for us. Like, knock it off. Knock it off. <laughs> right. Just be glad you're here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but luckily news coming in for Wisconsin, it sounds like Johnny Davis will be back by Friday. So that's a huge, huge help for them. Just recently named big 10 player of the year. Well-deserved had a fantastic season for a Wisconsin team that was not even projected to be in the tournament before the year started. They were on the outside looking in yeah. before we even got going. And you, you mentioned Illinois Illinois that's the plural I'm not saying Illinois name name yeah, wrong yeah, yeah, you mentioned yeah, yeah. this was their first title in since 05 wasn't this also Wisconsin's first Big Ten title in 20 years uh is that maybe, or is that drastically incorrect am I am I, I misquoting like a stat they, here I feel like they might have won it when Frank Kaminsky was there and they went to the big they went to the that would make sense they went yeah. to the national championship and that I remember them being the one seed and I, I feel like I remember them winning the Big Ten tournament that year. I might be wrong, but that just comes to mind. Well, maybe it's regular season specifically, but. Sure, sure. That's what I mean, but I, yeah. I'm going to check while you keep talking here, but go ahead. I mean, outside of Illinois and Wisconsin, you have Purdue, who has been one of the best teams in, in, the, uh, in the league, in the nation this year, uh, led by Jaden Ivey who is looking at like a top five pick in, in this year's draft. They also have seven foot four monster Alex. Uh, no, Zach Eady. Excuse me. They seem to constantly just bring in a seven foot three plus guy every year. Like, and, and I don't know where they're getting them from, but I would like some for, you know, the teams that I like, maybe one, maybe you can give right. one to the to Illinois. You can give one to, you know, to the Bulls, like I'd be more than okay with that. But yeah. Zach Eady, if you haven't Y'all seen him play, any more of those seven footers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen Zach Eady play, he is kind of soft for like how big he is. But when you're that large, it's really hard to stop. So I feel like he's going to be a problem when it comes to the to these you know tournament games. I think he'll definitely make an impact. Outside of those three, those are probably the three favorites. You have Iowa who is led by another top 10 projected pick in Keegan Murray. Uh, He's been great for them this year. Uh, Fran McCaffrey always has the guys going great around tournament time. He's been there forever, and he constantly puts together a great program there in Iowa City. Rutgers, the team we mentioned as like the outsider of the Big Ten, uh, they've been on a a really, really hot streak led by a guy who is uh, known to Bulls fans. Uh, well, actually, his son, Ron Harper Jr., uh, Ron Harper, part of the Bulls, you know, 
dynasty back in the 90s, but Ron Harper Jr. is their senior leader. He has been great this year. He's hit so many big shots, like, over and over and over again. So they've come in as the four seed in the Big Ten tournament. They are the... They're among that like final four getting in to this uh, to the big dance. So they need to have a big, a big showing uh, in order to really secure their spot in March madness. Outside of that, uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, you got Michigan state who's really struggled this year, uh, Ohio state who's been very up and down and then yeah. Michigan who very down as recently. All, yeah. As, and Michigan, as we all know, uh, Juwan Howard has been, that was the, biggest highlight of their season so far him open hand smacking the wisconsin <laughs> assistant coach after the game oh. i mean just an absolute boneheaded move by him which to be fair and one of the most i think genuine coach issued apologies of all time he he did fess up to as much like there's no oh, place sure. for that obviously we all know that but there's i feel like there's been other apologies that are like eh, well i didn't really mean it or whatever like he, i felt like reading his i was like all right this guy knows he fucked up big time <laughs> yeah, there's really there's no other way to put it. I mean, it was it was an absolute idiotic yeah, move, and he <laughs> he has no place to like try and like you know make a you know obviously and he's but also he's like been in situations like this before. Like last year in the Big Ten tournament, they were the number one seed, and he he got into a verbal altercation with like a coach from like Purdue or something or Indiana maybe. Like he was where he had to be physically restrained. He didn't hit the guy, but he was like, yeah, I mean, this guy is six foot nine, like massive former NBA player. Like, what are you doing, dude? Like get a grip. I understand some issues. Yeah. Like I understand anger issues. Like, sure. That happens. Like people lose their cool, but like you are the head coach of this basketball team. Like you need to be setting an example for your guys. And like, Get your head on straight, dude. Like, come on. What are you like? Yeah. What are you doing? He also like signed an extension recently, and like, it's so it's idiotic. So, going back to the tournament talk, though. Right, 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 right. Obviously, the the, the four the top four seeds are probably the four you know the four people the four the most four likely that people are putting money on. But give me one team outside the top four that you are looking that could make obviously what would then become a multi day run to actually become championships like win push three four together to really make this happen sure i'm gonna go i would okay so i would say i, I would say iowa who's the fifth seed but i'm actually gonna go michigan state right. uh the seventh seed okay they you know tom Izzo is known right. for putting together great runs in march we've all seen it multiple times he has a very talented team a team that has been ranked as high as you know top 10 this season, um, they just really haven't been able to put it together very much. But I feel like they could go on a run in this kind of situation and, you know, really make a name for themselves. And they're going to be in the tournament that that unless they lose first day, like which I really don't see happening. But they're going to be in the NCAA tournament. And this is just a way for them to kind of up their ranking, up their their seeding. And so I think Michigan State is my dark horse candidate but if i'm picking somebody who i think is going to win it all realistically i'm going purdue i just think they have too many weapons okay. i think they've been in, they've been in too many close games um jaden ivy is a great down the stretch ice like ice in the game guy and i feel like the other teams really don't have that kind of guy johnny davis you know is, is in that conversation but i think jaden ivy is just a, you know he he just is that difference maker and i think that he's going to lead purdue to the Big Ten title this this weekend. So your your pick to win it all is Purdue. Yeah, that's who I would pick to win the Big Ten tournament. Right. Uh, yeah, that's what I got. Boiler up. <laughs> yeah, don't got anything else to add beyond that. You're the expert here. <laughs> no, I mean, and then U of I. I mean, I've I'm always pulling for U of I. They've always like I don't have right like a, like my college was D three, so I've always been partial to U of I especially, you know, that 2005 team that I mentioned, they really got me like loving college basketball. Yeah. So I'm always partial to them. I just feel like at, they're the number one scene. They've been great in Big Ten play, but I just don't know if they can they can hang as well in this kind of situation, playing multiple games in multiple days. But I say, I'm not going to put it past like based them. Based off your story, 
it's it's not they weren't you know as as everybody expected or as ever as you said they aren't in, they weren't even anticipating getting a share of this title so right. the fact that they're they're here now is is pretty impressive but feels like feels like teams like Purdue are are much more equipped but yeah. I did see though um this is still and it'll be amazing to be seen we can talk more about this next week when we actually have the bracket and who some of the first round matchups are but again I mean it looks like. I think by Lenardi's latest projections that eight teams are going to be going to the tournament for the Big Ten. Obviously, yeah, so that's I see not here too. And I'll be able to say the committee says, but that's you know another strong showing for the Big Ten that would be the most in, of any conference, I believe. Yeah, and and I, another storyline to see is is this the year that they can break that like first or second round curse? I feel like there's like one team that makes it out of the weekend every year, and you know a lot of guys last year probably rightly so had Illinois going all the way and or at least to the final four. And I don't now don't want to speak out of my ass here, but I remember last, last year was a hugely disappointing tournament for all of Illinois. Didn't they lose to Loyola? Yeah. Illinois lost in the second round to Loyola. Okay. All and right. Then, so I am remembering correctly. Yeah, and then Loyola lost the next round to Oregon state. So that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. it remains to be seen you know, another, another, it'll be another strong showing I think from the big 10 and uh, you know, can any of them break that that what seems to be a a new a new curse for this con- this conference? Well, outside of just the first and second round, like there hasn't been a Big Ten national champion since the year two thousand. So right, and the last people there was Michigan, right? Uh, Michigan. Or has there been more recent than that? More recently, there was yeah Michigan State in two thousand eighteen. Wisconsin oh, okay. in 2015, Mich- Michigan in 2013, like Michigan State in 09. So they've been there. They just can't break through. Like just can't get it done. Yeah. Yeah. So Michigan State was the last team that was in the Big Ten at the time that won that won the national championship. M- Maryland won it in 2002, but I don't count that because they were ACC at the time. And they're still ACC in my head. So <laughs> Um, they are still ACC. I think even yeah, the Maryland, the Terps, Dirty Terp faithful would say they're ACC. Yeah, I. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't count them as Big Ten. They're featured more in that ACC tournament show than anything anything Big Ten's ever put on. So, <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways. Yeah, let's uh, let's move on. Though. We'll talk. We'll definitely. Coming. Yeah, we'll definitely talk more March Madness uh, once next week comes. We'll get the. We'll have selection Sunday. We'll get the seedings. Then it'll start on on the seventeenth. So we'll have a, a, a show before that to kind of you know, talk things out and, and break things down a little bit more, maybe give you some betting picks, some some upsets you can you can bet on and uh hopefully win you some money. But uh if you lose, don't don't come back and, and blame us because Same. we're not the experts here. We don't need your receipts. We're we're only no, responsible no, no, for no. wins, not losses. We'll of take course, the cuts. Of course. We just don't want the penalties, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um let's move on and talk some professional basketball. The NBA. Uh we had a breakdown last show of the Bucks and the Bulls, the two most difficult schedules by winning percentage for for the remainder of the season, the last second half, as people call it, but really the last quarter of the season, about 25 mm-hmm. games. And they're kind of going in opposite directions right now. I mean, the Bucks yeah. trending up, Bulls trending down. Let's start with the Bucks. They are looking like the champs. Yeah, I mean, starting to, well, as you know, as we said, we we both talked about like critical stretches, and and this one for both mm. of our teams was pretty pretty important coming off the break. I think we both had critical math errors, like basic counting errors. I counted f- six games on this stretch, um, and when it was five, and then like about thirty seconds after I finished that statement, I think you had one too. I don't remember what it was, but it was, I it had me laughing in my car listening to it the other day. <laughs> so anyways, it was a five it was a five game stretch and I incorrectly again attributing it to six games said like three and three would make me happy, show me that we're like something. Anything less than that's disappointing. Four and one is how we finished. So it came out the the all-star break against the the Nets at home who didn't play uh Simmons and didn't play KD in that game and unfortunately lost to Kyrie only. That was kind of a disappointing start didn't leave me feeling great yeah. but thromp the or thromped thromped <laughs> we're making up new words here math errors english errors we got wow. it all welcome to the war on 94 thromped. podcast stomped or yes. i don't even know what we're thrashed 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 and stomped equals thromped thromped yeah. the hornets 
And mm. then three very, very strong showings, especially, I mean, the strongest week I think I've seen from the Bucks this season. Fourth quarter come from behind win against the Heat. Fourth quarter dominant awesome pull-away win against the Bulls. Awesome game. You're absolutely right on the Heat game. And then the Suns game, just back and forth slugfest Sunday in, in middle of the day, viewing on ABC for everyone. And just, again, fourth quarter just mm-hmm. – pulled away far and away the better team. I think I sent you the tweet and I'm trying to find it here. There was three pretty confident score lines and you were, you responded specifically to the bulls game ending. There we go. Bucks in the last six minutes of their last three games versus the heat. They were down 113 to 99 with six minutes to go. They finished with a 21 to six run to win the game versus the bulls. They're down 102 to 100 again, and back and forth slug fest that really started to open up in the third, third, you know, third and fourth quarter. And they finished with an 18 to 10 run to win that game and put it away. And then versus the Suns, down 113 to 110 and finished with another 22 to nine run to finish that game. I mean, I mean, we were live texting during the Bulls game, but it felt this way during all three. It felt like the third quarter has been, again, the quarter of like a massive complaint. And then just a new team comes out in the fourth, like just shot after shot, Chris Berrien stuff, Drew Berrien stuff from all over the place. Nuora against the Suns had a confident and, you know, contributing game. And it just feels like, this is a team that is showing that they've been battle tested It's showing that they have playoff experience and championship experience and they know when to use it. They know when to dig deep. This doesn't feel like the Bucks team of like the last few years were like, will they get it done? Oh no. Like three statement wins back to back to back. I mean, you can hear it in my voice. It's, it's thrilling, honestly. Mm-hmm. And and to top it all off, for rivalry sakes on this podcast, we finished the season guaranteed with a series split against the Bulls. Like, yeah, in in a league, obviously divisions don't carry the weight that they used to, but rivalries carry the same. That's a, probably a team sure. in the playoffs. And and the other thing I said is, you know, it's going to be a battle to get into that host of first round series. Right? We all want to be there, especially with how tight this conference was looking. The Heat are starting to pull slowly away. There's still only three games out, but the Bucks have put themselves firmly into that third third standing when I said, I think when we looked at the all-star break, they were fifth kind of looking up. Mm-hmm. So I, like I said, six out of four, of the last 10, a strong week here. I, there's a lot to be excited about for the bulls right now or the bucks right now. Yeah. And to top it all off, they're playing the thunder right now, live update, finishing that one off pretty handily with three, four minutes to go, 132 to 113. So four straight wins looking pretty yeah the offense has been hot they've been able to not even just like they've been able to just outscore teams pretty much i know that's obviously the whole point of of the game but just they don't worry about like it could be a defensive battle it could be an offensive shootout like they have the capability to put to be in any of those games like that comeback against the heat i watched that one live like the last eight minutes they just you know dug in defensively and then we're so hot on the offensive end. Drew holiday um, is such a difference maker for this team. (laughs) Ever since he came in last year, he has really just been that, like taking them to that next step. Like he's exactly what they needed. He's like what the, the absolute best version of Malcolm Brogdon that you could ever get. You know what I mean? Like obviously like on a whole different level. Milwaukee. Right, because he's been because like he's like what you would want Malcolm Brogdon to become, like yeah, and then, exactly. Because people were you know people were worried about that whole like him leave like Brogdon leaving, and then it was like oh who, who's going to be the guy like on like the two way guard for the Bucks? It's like okay, well you got the best version of Malcolm Brogdon that could have ever happened, and it's Drew Holiday. So Chris Middleton is somehow consistently still the probably the most underappreciated player in the NBA. He's so money, especially in the fourth quarter. And then Giannis, like, I mean, Giannis, speaking as a Bulls fan, just bullied the shit out of Tristan Thompson um, on Friday. Anytime he got the ball down low, it was just, it was no competition. Yeah. No, no competition. And, and it's like, it's, it has to, you have to, as a person, as a Bulls fan, as a per, or Bulls, as a Bucks fan, as a person watching the league and watching Giannis regularly, you have to step back and remember 
that what he's doing is just so absurd. I mean, he showed mm-hmm. in the Suns game from the same like quick reaction blocks that he showed in the finals and in, in every yeah. insane series. And he just continues to get better. And, and the other thing that's just so mind boggling is again, I, we say it periodically. And I'm going to say it again. The jump shot is there. I'm no longer like when Giannis took a jump shot last no. in the playoffs, I was like, Oh, don't do it. But like, I don't, I don't have that reaction anymore. Like he's deadly from everywhere. It's just, mm-hmm. it's insane. It's insane what this yeah, man can he's, do. He's, he's different. He's so just different. Just when you think um, he can't get better, he's somehow better. And he somehow might not win in the MVP because Embiid's doing the exact same thing. It's it's just an yeah. absurd time we live in. Yeah, the MVP is very convincing. I, I compelling this year. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to pull, I don't know if you looked at the stat line from Giannis tonight against the the, the Thunder. I did not. I knew he was like only he, not only man, but I knew he was a little bit weaker lineup tonight. Well, he played 28 minutes. He had 39 points on 13 of 19 shooting, uh, four of four from three, seven rebounds, seven assists, three steals, and a block. It is just unfair that a seven foot. <laughs> yeah, if that's a weakness, a to be honest. Uh, four for four from three. Oh my 39 gosh, points, yeah. seven rebounds, seven assists as well, three steals and a block. Like he, I don't care what anybody says. He is still the best player in the NBA. I think he is still better than the Embiid. He's still better than Jokic. Like they might be having good seasons the last two years. Like Jokic is obviously having a season that we have really never seen from a big man in terms of like his numbers with the, with the assists and everything. But Giannis one on in a series, those two head to head. I am taking Giannis eleven times out of ten. Like he oh, is, yeah. nobody is like him. There's nobody built like him. There's nobody who does the things he does. It's it's comical. It's comical every day. It is comical every day and twice on Sunday. It's absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I don't want to bring credence to it because plenty of people have trashed it already. But I forget whoever it was who was saying that Giannis would barely be a role player in the eighties. Like, shut up. Shut up and get out of here. This is stupid. He's dominant in every aspect of the game. He would be the best in the game, no matter what generation you put him in. It's absurd. That's 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 absolutely moronic. Like I (laughs) cannot believe somebody would say that. It's the old guard not wanting to pretend that the game has evolved past them. Right. You like, obviously the greats are the great for a reason. Hall of Famers are Hall of Famers for a reason. We talk, you know, we go back to all-star week in the 75 celebration highlighted impactful players from 19, whenever to today, like, but to, to have people sit up there and be like, Oh, well you couldn't do that back in my day. Like just shut up, shut up, shut up and go home. Exactly. I completely agree. And the bucks are getting reinforcements. Uh, yes. Oh, thank you. you know, for we have me. those those three plus Noir, who's been playing very well. You know, Serge Ibaka has been has been making you know contributions where he needs to. I say he's yeah. defensively, but, he's making himself known, which is what they wanted. That's what they yeah, needed. Which is and, which and is all you need from him. Who else is also getting himself known is um, uh, Bremby. He's making some contributions when he comes oh, yeah. in. Definitely the role of, you know, you're going to talk about buy, be, players being buyout players for a reason. This was obviously, I think, an unfortunate casualty to make a trade go through, which I think the Nets might regret that one, uh, looking at the current standings. But um, Bremby is, is it's shown conversely why the Nets fans were excited, not excited to let him go. And, you know, not not coming, you know. He's. I think he finished the game yesterday with a negative point differential. He's not coming in to be an offensive scorer, but defensively, he's he's shown and that he can produce when needed and and give the give the key guys some rest. You said guys coming back from injury. Uh, Brooke back to practice uh, this week. He's on doing full contact and he's starting five on five scrimmage. And then based on timelines, there's not really been an update. But well, there's been an update on Hill. Bud said he would be back. We need another week to return. And Connaughton, based on timeline, he had a surgery Valentine's Day. So that puts him on track to start, you know, gearing back into practice about next week or late this week. So, Mm -hmm. and obviously, you know, you know, as much as I do and as much as the, any other team, the Cavs, you know, players are missing right now and teams need desperately to get back to full strength. When those guys come back, they will have significant roles and the Bucks, even with running three dominant games are desperately missing them. So, Praying that those yeah. timelines work out the way they, they're projected to. 
I mean, as long as they're back by playoffs, I feel like you guys are in a good position, especially since those guys are all, I mean, your, your, your lineup is pretty set. I would say, yeah, oh yeah. Um, like starting lineup. So just getting those, those three back to come be coming off the bench as role players. Like that's huge. Um, especially Brooke. I feel like he's a very important part of that, uh, of that unit. So, well, from one team that is surging to another team that is fading, uh, at least for the moment, the Chicago Bulls are uh, not really fun to watch right now. Um, <laughs> they are, you know, we, we both highlighted that, these. Frank? <laughs> <laughs> well, we both highlighted these big stretches that these teams were going into, yeah. and the Bulls have now gone one and four uh, out of the gate from the all-star break um, started out with a fantastic win against the Atlanta Hawks at home. I was there. It was super fun. Um, and then from there we've lost four straight lost to, I mean, and I will say like four, four games against four of the like better teams in the NBA, like lost at home to the Grizzlies in a game where they almost came back. Like we're, you know, a step away from coming back and winning lost on the road to the Hawks in a game where Trey young exploded, then lost at home against the bucks, which is nothing to sneeze at. And then last night um, met the new look Philadelphia 76ers, a team that has already dominated us for the last couple of years. And Oh, by the way, they just added a, a future hall of famer in James Harden. Um, who has found new life in the city of brotherly love. So four losses, I don't want to like downplay them. It's obviously never good when a team loses four in a row, but it is just so evident how much this team needs the services of Caruso and ball. Um, It is like painful to watch. Like uh, since, I mean, before those two went out, they, the bulls, with with one of them playing in the lineup the bulls are 18 and 7 with since both of them have gone out the bulls are 21 and 19 like they're a 500 team without wow. these guys so they make such i mean we are, we go from a 105 defensive rating with caruso on the court to a 118 defensive rating um so that is a difference of top 5 to bottom 3 like it's 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 painful. Like I said, I mean, it's, it's yeah. hard to watch this team because they have all the offensive talent, you know, DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine are a lethal duo up there with the best in the league uh, when they're at the, when they're on their game, but without them, without Caruso and ball, like our defense just struggles. We cannot, we have poor defense on the inside. Our perimeter defense can't hold can't hold up against these guys. Io DeSumo can only do so much. He's a very good NBA defender, but he's just not on the same level of Ball and Crusoe. So without them, without Patrick Williams, like it's just led us to struggle defensively. And now we have to, yeah. now every game is we have to just put up 125 points or else we're going to lose. And sometimes even when we put up 125, we still lose because we can't play defense. Um, yeah. The last here's the the last game that Alex Crusoe played, which was the game against the Bucks on January. I mean, I don't know, seventh or tenth or something. <laughs> right, that was the last time the Bulls allowed less than a hundred points. Since then, they've allowed at least a hundred points every wow. single game. So it's just the yeah, you're fact, right. I'm like, at it, it now. It, you would have never before the season thought that he would have such an impact on this team. But it just goes to show how important he is, like how he just changes the whole dynamic of the defense. He puts us on a whole nother level um, and just, you know, gives us that ability to kind of lay lean back on him. And he can take, you know, he he makes other guys better defenders when he's out there and he's a coach on, you know, he, he is doing the best he can. He's out there on the bench every single night. He is, you know, trying to direct guys, trying to coach them, but yeah. like, he just needs he just needs to be out there. Like, so once he is back in the fold, I think we'll be in a much better spot. But we can't sit back and wait. We have to, you know, keep putting together wins at least, you know, in a at a five hundred level until he gets back, so we can be in a good position. Because right now we've dropped 
from we were first about two weeks ago. Now we're sitting in fourth, a half game behind the Bucks, um, and the Celtics right. are creeping well, up quick, quick, quick. And mm. assuming say five straight losses for the Bulls, mm. I might have missed one. Is that correct? Yeah. I th- well, here you uh, go. We're back to our math errors here. I think I'm with you. I might have <laughs> missed one too, but. Yeah, well, you got Sixers, Bucks, Hawks, Heat, and then the Grizzlies. Oh, game. the Heat! You yeah, I about the Heat. I kinda, but I think I think wasn't like everyone wiped that one out of the game. memory. <laughs> wiped that one out of the old memory yeah, and, right. and just moved on. Yeah, one twelve ninety nine against the still, Heat. Still, still, yeah. still. That's that's wild. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's, not, it's not tough. as you said, not good spots to be. We've we've talked about how close this conference has been. And it still still is. I mean, it's spreading a little bit. You're getting to that, like, you know, the cream rise to the top kind of thing. And mm. and the Bulls are still very much a part of that, even with all the injuries. You know, four and a half back. Oh, for sure. Everything's sitting for here. Sure. They're still hosting a home series against the Celtics should the playoffs start tomorrow. So, you know, no spot to be mad about where you are right now, but got to no, get off that no, skid. Got to get off that skid. Yeah. Well, I was just saying, Caruso, I think the biggest thing and the most invaluable thing is, you know, he's a guy – who obviously I think is one of the only ones uh, aside from now Tristan on the team to have won a ring. And it is especially one of the most recent Mm -hmm. ones of running, obviously with that Lakers team in the bubble, but you know, having that, as you you alluding to the, on the floor, like having that on the floor, guy who knows how to be like, you know, clamp down and rally out a game here, not just like, you know, defensive prowess aside, like knowing what it takes to like dig deep and motivate guys to dig deep and finish a game like that is, I mean, that is, I think, where he's most invaluable right now. And that's what the Bucks, or the Bucks, God, this is so hard with two BU teams. <laughs> the Bulls yeah. are missing the most yeah. right now of, of, no, of Caruso services. You're so right, especially because on a nightly basis, really the only guy who has any experience who's out there for a prolonged period of time is DeMar DeRozan. I mean, yeah. Zach Levine's never played in a playoff game. Right. Obviously, Io and Kobe have never played in there. Um, Troy Brown Jr. never. Like, I mean, Vucevic, like, first round. Like, he never made it out of the first round with the Magic. Like, Yeah, no. Uh, but I won't even count that because they were losing, usually getting swept or went, maybe losing in five. Uh, they got lucky so, they got in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, when you you that's a perfect way to put it is that you ha- you need those guys who have that that experience playing in Eastern Conference Finals and NBA Finals games to like give those give these other guys like you know you need that extra push. We saw it last night. DeRozan was getting extremely frustrated. He was you know really getting animated on the bench. He ripped a towel in half. Like he was he was getting really upset just at the inability to make stops when they needed them. The Bulls were, were hitting shots down the stretch, but every time the, the Sixers came back down, they could not get that stop they needed. Yeah. Joel Embiid, fuck you, Joel Embiid. I hate <laughs> watching you play because you get you get a foul call every single time you come down the lane. It's really hard to not foul a 7-foot, 300-pound guy, um, but the refs certainly call it every time you come down the lane. Um yeah, I just I, I can't stand watching him play. Uh but I agree. I digress. Um in well, terms of I, I don't want to rub salt in the wounds here, but um yeah. you know, the loss the five point five game losing streak as we talked about, that's the worst in the conference currently and tied for the worst yep. in the league right now with the Warriors and the Blazers. So um what give us some positives. Where are the injury returns in all of this? If that's what we can talk about, if unless yeah. I'm not skipping ahead yeah. too far here. No, it's okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, like I could rag on Tristan Thompson, but I mean, it, Let's he's just a bio guy for bio guy for a reason. Like bio guy for he brings a reason. an element brings an element of toughness to this team that we have not had all year, which I appreciate. He can grab an offensive rebound, which most guys in this team cannot do. Yeah, uh, but one thing he cannot he cannot do well is defend in the post. We saw it against Joel Embiid. We saw it against Giannis. Like the Bulls just don't have that guy who can stack up against those big men. Like Vucevic is a fantastic offensive player when he's healthy, um, but he cannot guard anyone to save his life. So I appreciate Tristan Thompson taking those lumps. Um, 
but minus 25 yeah. plus minus in 14 minutes against the Bucks does me no favors. Yeah. So the two, the two bigs, let's just put it this way. The two bigs is just maybe not the strategy to go with. No, definitely not. Definitely Anyways, not. Bulls, back to the injuries. Bulls have, <laughs> yeah, Bulls have been much better with the uh, small ball lineups. But yeah. injuries, yeah. Um, things are looking a little more up in terms of the most important guy, in my opinion, Alex Caruso. Um, he was just cleared to go into full contact practice, which is a huge sign. Um, I am expecting him to be back by like March 20th. I'm saying like within the next two weeks, I think he's going to be back full time. Like, and I think the bulls, which they've done a couple times this year would be more than willing to play him. If he's like 90% versus like, he doesn't have to be a hundred percent before they start. They say, get out there. Because we don't need him scoring. That's not what he's there for. He's there to play right. defense, muscle points, you know, get risk. down on the floor. It's a risk. work, you're good. It, it's a risk. <laughs> he played an entire game. No, but I mean he played an entire second half against the Bucks with a broken wrist and was blocking Giannis and getting in the way of passes yeah. and hitting three-pointers with a broken right wrist. Like what the hell? Oh, yeah. Um, Which that's insane. on a totally unrelated note. I don't want to like pity on anything, but like there was, I feel like some comments after the, the Grayson technical in or the flagrant in the most recent game that like his was much more, not as violent because he got up and finished the game. Did you, it feels like people who say that didn't even watch the game. Cause as you just mentioned, Caruso is a freaking tank and finished that entire yeah. game on a broken wrist. Like he was bothered by now. It shocked both of us when we found out yeah. that he was injured to, to that extent. Right. Like not, like I said, there were, I'm bringing negatives. From no, the and I think here, but what, well, yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean like good, cool. The bulls, you know, like Derek Jones jr. You know, gets revenge for, for Caruso, but it was like such a stupid situation to do it because it, put the, it was the fourth quarter. It was like three minutes to play and he throws an elbow totally unnecessarily. Like if you did yeah, it in the first quarter, First quarter, I'd be like, awesome. That was cool. But like right. fourth quarter in a tight game, like where we need momentum, like that's not what we need. Yeah. Um, Feels like so, this is just a whatever. better situation for both teams to move on. So maybe I shouldn't have even brought up yeah. in the first place. But anyways, no, Cruz it's okay. Is a tank. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Cruz is a tank. So, I mean, hopefully Doesn't he's back <laughs> by middle of this month. Um, and then in terms of Lonzo and Pat Williams, Lonzo is per, like Billy – Donovan has said he's progressing normally. Um, so he had surgery in late January. Um, hopefully he's back. Like the four to six weeks should expire by the end of this month. I would love to have him back before by then, um, before the playoffs for sure. Um, and then Patrick Williams, he, he's been getting into non-contact. They've been, all three of them have been doing non-contact individual workouts, which is great to see that they're, you know, progressing in that way. Um, I think, I'm hoping Patrick Williams will be back before the playoffs. Um, so that would be huge for him to be in there and get his size, his defensive ability, his, you know, his just 21 year old body out there to, to add to this lineup. Like I would love to have him as part of this. So um, yeah, I mean, the bulls need to get back on track. I did not foresee that this game on Wednesday night against Detroit would turn into a must win game, but uh, it's damn sure feeling that way with the way that they've been uh, they've been going lately. So hopefully we can we can stick it stick it out and uh, pull out a victory in Detroit and then get back on track when it comes to the rest of the season because things are going to be turning quickly. The Celtics are like the hottest team in the NBA right now, um, and they are a half game back of the Bulls. Um, the Nets. We know they've been struggling, but KD and Kyrie are turning it on. Kyrie had 50 points tonight, um, and the mask mandate has been lifted, and the vaccine mandate has been lifted in New York, so (laughs) he'll be back before we know it, playing every night. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's just it's no time to, like, sit back and rest. Like, the Cavs are are a game back of us. Like, we play them on Saturday. You know, it's like we we can't wait around for our guys to get healthy. Like, we need to start winning right now. So, Right now. No t- right here, right yeah. now. No time to wait around. Let's get it going. Like, let's get it popping. Which, uh, we- on the Cavs front, since I'm local to them too, uh, you might be not for wishing injury on anybody, but happy to hear, as I'm sure you already know, that Jared Allen, unfortunately, is yeah, a big, sucks. big key player for them, is out going to be probably for the push here for them. Uh, so that's yeah. heartbreaking news for the Cavs, but um, – you know, got to stay healthy to win. <laughs> yeah, got to keep pushing. Um, 
yeah, so NBA still the most compelling league in the in go, going right now. It's it's been super fun. All the teams that are fighting for playoff spots and another league that feels like so wide open. Like you know, we were talking about college basketball and yeah. like the way that the the tournament feels so wide open this year. Like NBA, like I feel like there's a good like six or seven teams who could realistically win it all. Um, so it'll be really fun to watch down the stretch. Uh, and I think that's it. Do we have anything else to talk about? Or um, um, I mean, there was there was some NFL news today. I think. I mean, there was. Let's oh, wait. Russell Wilson got traded. Yeah, yeah that was that that's was pretty, pretty big. big. That's pretty. That's, that's pretty, pretty big. big. Yeah, um, good for him. I, I think even bigger though, especially more oh, the Bears. To, oh. The Bears did not offer a franchise tag to um, Allen Robinson. That's oh, what it was. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure you're really bummed about that one. I mean, yeah, he's he was be a such free a agent, so. key cog to your success this year, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, so it's tough, a big, tough loss shocking news for the Bears, unfortunately. I think probably yeah. more shocking news for the Bears fans is uh, their self-proclaimed owner um, It will be returning to Green Bay. Oh, oh yeah, I, saw, I did see that. Did you see I, that one? Yeah, I did see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and of course, classic, classic Rogers, like, the media is making things up about me again, like... I did sign a contract, but those were not the terms or what, you know, it's, it's just he, it's <laughs> everything that comes out about him. He's like, the media is lying, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm going to go into that deep bit, but um, I, I understand where the, the, the anger is coming from. The frustration is coming from. This is a guy who, what he did hashtag year 18, uh, kind of absurd to think that that's what it is. It's been, my entire adult life i mean yeah i was same. nine when this guy was drafted so um and he sat for a few years but 12 when he took over obviously insane to think about that um and he's back uh the reported figures as he's you know as as you said he said pat Matt, pat mac he said matt Schneiderman said the big first tweet that everyone saw and that you and i probably got was a sleeper alert at the same time mm-hmm. which is off of a Rappaport tweet saying that it was a four-year 200 million dollar deal um absurd to think that that could somehow help our cap situation right Um, that's cap friendly somehow so i'm kind of glad it's not that but i'm still somehow sure that because again we've said cap friendly and it's worried about the cap but also alluded to the cap being fake as hell um that probably you could sign that deal in, in some way that we're not aware of make that be more friendly at least in the first few years and penalize you 10 years from now kind of shit with some void years or whoever knows i like i said we're not there's a reason we both don't sit in the nfl front office because we don't know how the fuck the salary cap works um well and the fact that it was like at the end of the you know the San Francisco game ended and it was like the Packers are in huge trouble. Like right. how are they going to re? How are they going to resign this guy and this guy? And they have a thousand free agents to resign. How are they going to do it? And then it's like beep boop bop. Okay, now we have money to pay Aaron Rodgers forty five million dollars. Yeah, say like, beep boop bop. Restructured I mean, was, three contracts, like, <laughs> generated twenty million oh. cap space. <laughs> This, oh, deal, okay. like, this deal is being reported, reported as team-friendly and cap-friendly. Right. So it is going to knock down his existing $25 million cap hit. So that's going to create more cap space or more – not let more cap space. There's no cap space. It's less of a cap penalty. Like I said, we, you said it. I said it. We A month has changed so much in our minds. I have no fucking idea how this is happening. Um, we won't know really what it means until the contract details come out, which – I don't even know if it's signed yet. He's he's told the front office his decision, and they're probably deep into talks on what it will look like, and are close to an agreement, but clearly not officially agreed yet. Um, and then if mm. that wasn't if that wasn't bad enough, uh, or if that wasn't bad enough for Bears fans, we'll put it that way. Um, immediately slap a tag on Devonte, uh, which felt like it was yeah. coming all. Which along. felt like yeah, that kind of felt like that was the the plan from the beginning. I feel like the whole like. Oh, he wants thirty million dollars in free agency. Like that was just kind of like a no one's going to be able to no one's going to pay him that. Like it was like right. no one's going to be able to afford me, so I'm going back to Green Bay. Like once Aaron makes his decision, exactly. Well, and if you look back to beginning of the year comments, um, he he always said he was going wherever uh, wherever Rogers went. Like that was the whole thing. Yeah. Like the last dance kind of shtick with that post yeah, uh, okay. at the same time. Can we also say the last dance thing was? 
the stupidest thing ever because they just ended up going back to the same team that they were on. <laughs> like, all right, you're I no think, MJ I buddy think, and you're right. no Scotty. Yeah, no, I think we all know it was stupid as hell when he did it, especially in, in who knows, maybe they really had in their minds that this was the last year and they, nothing could change that. And then the front, I, I don't know. I don't know what goes on in that man's head. He's, I mean, different what, than all of us what changed? they still lost in the end in, in the playoffs like what the biggest exactly change was, was what he was citing the front office relationship he really wanted technical into it oh and yeah no you were absolutely prepared in green bay for four more years of nfc championship losses don't get me wrong <laughs> this is I, I fully embrace it um but whatever ready uh, to get hurt again oh absolutely i sent you that uh, yeah no doubt about it ready yeah. to get hurt again yeah yeah, yeah. um so Devontae's tagged uh, a lot of more work to do, obviously, you know, MVS, Lazard, likes of that may or may not need new deals, might not, may or may not get new deals, may or may not get tagged. Um, still a lot of framework to put this team together. Um, but I think the biggest thing, uh, and you texted to me immediately after, you know, one of the first immediate reactions to the trade is this has to mean love is gone. Love is gone. Um, yeah. I mean, his contract is getting to a point, uh, where it's just not going to be affordable to have both these guys on the, on the team. Um, first, first round contracts get expensive in year four and year three and year four. It doesn't make sense. Like why would you have this first round pick sit? A guy you traded up for sit for, you know, assumedly Rogers is going to have at least two more years, right? Like, Oh, easily. Yeah. That's probably, that's probably, yeah, that's, you know, the, the lower end of that, why would you have this guy sit for then four years to then bring him in? As, like, I don't know. It just doesn't make like that doesn't add up to me. Yeah. And expensive is, I guess, relative. Um, he's $2 million sure. this next season. But if they pick up the they would have to then decide to pick up the fifth year option. Oh, no, sorry. He's one and a half mil this year, two and two and a half mil next year. Um, but then they would have to decide to pick up the fifth year option, which they almost assuredly won't at this point. If you look at Baker Mayfield, a, a fifth year option that was picked up, he's going to be owed eleven million dollars this year because of that option. Um, if if Rogers is on the roster in three years, they're not paying Jordan Love a million eleven million dollars. So no, what then no. do they do with them? Is 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 I think trade is the most likely option, as we both said, and I think the most likely opp- opportunity for that to happen is on draft day. Um, I mean, a package deal, oh, like, yeah. I could easily see, you know, him and somebody else or him and another pick being moved um, to move up into a round or move up into a pick somewhere. I don't I, reports from one, I guess one report from Jim Nagy, who is the executive director of the Reese's senior bowl, the senior bowl obviously has relationships with um, NFL front offices around the league. I would imagine he reported today that he's that in conversation with the GM, um, it, you know, that love's value is re- reportedly as high as a second. Uh, this is my best guess is how that conversation went. Um, you know, obviously people shooting the shit, talking around the senior bowl. Hey, so um, what do you think about the whole Roger situation? Um, and if they resign, what do you think about love? Do you think you could get traded? Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess I could see that. What do you think he'd be traded for? I mean, uh, maybe somebody out there values him at like a second. I don't know. That's what right. it feels like to me, right? Right. Um, I like I said, I I think the package deal is probably the most likely option. I don't I don't truly value him as a second rounder, but maybe I, again, just don't know the front quarterback market. Um, we were comparing it to the before we hit record, comparing it to the draft class. I mean, certainly because of two years of NFL office experience has more i guess concrete value than any prospect coming into the league um but the i would still argue he's probably just as raw as anyone he feels like a maybe slightly better outcome you know at least floor wise from malik willis um -hmm. you know just because malik willis's floor could be nothing um jordan love has at least gotten five quarters of nfl play so i guess that's worth something i don't know yeah no i mean it's just it's kind of like a you don't really know what you have in Jordan Love because he was considered a reach when he was drafted coming out of a small school with, you know, not, not like, sh- you know, show out numbers and whatnot, but like, yeah, it, it'll, it's a similar situation I would say to Malik Willis. And, you know, you, you could see, you could say that maybe some team values him more than a, uh, you know, a Desmond Ritter or somebody along those lines, like where they could, you know, trade a third round pick 
where they might pick Desmond Ritter and then be like, okay, well now we have Jordan Love. And like, yeah, I don't think he's going to go anywhere and be the starter right away. No. Um, but feels like he definitely feels com- like he can compete for a job. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like feels like the best way to describe him is Malik Willis plus two years of sitting behind Aaron Rodgers. Like, yeah, obviously for the mental game of quarterbacking, that's not, that's not a a negative to learn in that quarterback room and be around, you know, how LaFleur and Rodgers have operated their offense for two years. Um, Beyond that, what is that worth to someone? Anyone who's looking for a quarterback, who knows? Right. And not, and, and, and believe me, not necessarily a guy sitting behind a great quarterback equals, uh, you know, success. I mean, of course, (laughs) my favorite example, my favorite example, or my favorite example is also Curtis Painter, Curtis uh, Painter. from the from the from the Colts. Sat Matt behind, Flynn. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Matt Flynn got himself a gigantic contract based off one he game. Did. Wait, go back and, to the Painter story. And Matt Castle, Matt Castle was damn near a Pro Bowler. All right, when he was him and Dwayne Bow. All right, don't forget <laughs> he went to KC and turned it up. Uh, no, Curtis Painter though. Curtis Painter, you know, was uh, with Indy. He had a pretty good career for the um, Purdue Boilermakers, local guy, got to play uh, in 2000, um, 2011. The Colts had, uh, I think, I want to say Manning, that was the year he left to go to Denver, um, and Curtis Painter took over as the starting quarterback, and he went 0-8. Um, in eight games, was it, his, was it not Peyton's next surgery year? No, I want to say it was it. And then did he go to the no? Because I think 2011 was the year where he, um, where I thought he 11 went, was like, his next surgery, and then they were able to draft luck. Hmm. Yeah, they did draft know. luck the next year, but I thought that Peyton Manning in 2011 was when he threw 55 touch. No, just kidding, you're right, missed yeah. season, and then he went to. Then he went to right. Denver the next year. Yeah, Missed yeah, yeah, the season, okay. then went to Denver. So Curtis Painter was right. the Peyton So but Curtis Painter was behind him. Yeah. And then, yeah, the next surgery season, he goes 0-8. So, I mean, you know, it, there's there's it's good stories and bad stories. For, obviously, for obviously of, Rodgers of is, is an option where <laughs> you come in behind a, a Hall of Famer and you immediately, you know, become better than the Hall of Famer. Um, but it's it's different for yeah. everyone. Yeah. Wide range outcomes, so, bottom line. Right. I think Jordan Love deserves to, you know, move on and kind oh, of for sure. see what there's greener pastures for him. Um, and he could he deserves to be able to, you know, figure out what where he stands amongst the NFL quarterbacks. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting situation for him and the Packers running it back once again. Uh, yeah. We'll see. They got to make some moves this offseason. Um Especially for another wide receiver, because what's the story with with you know Alan Lazard, MBS? Like, are they are they gone? Are they are the Packers looking to bring them back? Like, do you know anything about that situation? No, no real movement on that front. Obviously, like I said, there hasn't been much movement on the Packers free agency front, kind of because it all depended on this decision. Uh, the next few days, weeks will be telling. Obviously, free agency I believe opens the sixteenth. Um, if I'm correct in saying that, would be next Wednesday. Um, or maybe it opens earlier than that. I might be wrong. I know today was the deadline day of tagging, mm-hmm. um, which is why you got all the news moving and in in deals right. deals between teams where they had the you know first rights, even even if not on inexclusively were 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 hit today. Obviously, Mike Williams got a deal. We just saw as we hit record in the podcast that uh, Titans linebacker got a big deal. Um, so I, I would expect some, some traction in the next few days and weeks here, but the movement on the wide receiver market, obviously with Devonte getting tagged, um, with, uh, Godwin getting tagged and with Mike Williams, that's like three of the four top three of the five, probably top candidates of the wide receiver market gone. Um, and that could immediately already drive up, uh, Lazard's value, MVS's value into ranges that the Browns may not be comfortable with. So, the Browns, the Packers may not be comfortable with 40 and slips here. Browns need a wide receiver. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I no real, like I said, no real concrete talks yet about what's been happening. Um, I could see tags very likely be slapped on anybody they can. Um, if the deal can't be made, 
just kidding. I just contradicted myself because I said today's the deadline. Yeah, so the not can't be made guys. anymore. So um, <laughs> scratch that, reverse that. Uh, yeah. Wish I had something to report. Yeah. I really don't. Felt no, like, I mean, it's just... felt like it's, actually, truthfully, Lazard could have been one of them tag candidates, but he did not get the tag, at least as of now, which is 10.50 yeah. on, on the 8th, which is the deadline day. So I don't know. We'll find yeah. out. Yeah, and you were... And you were right. The free agency does begin March 16th at 3 p.m. Eastern or 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, so we'll, we'll don't start Don't we get seeing, a tampering period in the NFL? So we might get some pre-agreements a day or two before. Yeah. I mean, I that'd think. be great. I would so, love to see some things come out. Um, give me some Yeah, moves. as I mentioned, as for the Bears, no news really outside of the Allen Robinson, which we all expected. Um, nothing, yeah. nothing surprising there. Um, definitely going to be looking out for some – uh, free agents in in terms of offensive line and wide receiver are probably going to be the two big ones. And then cornerback will probably be the third in terms of uh, what we'll be looking at. But we'll we'll talk about that next show. Um, I think we've covered more than enough in this episode. Um, anything else to add before we get out of here? Um, well, if baseball stays the way it does, special teaser, fun little Brewers uh, Cubs history segment at least for our recollection of history coming your way next week. If anybody remembers the game MLB showdown from the early two thousands, we're running a little thing with that and we got some cool little team challenges. So next week you'll definitely want to tune in for that. Um, yeah. Just other than that, hoping that basketball keeps cruising and, and base and we get some football moves, at least some talk about it on the Packers front. Yeah. I'm excited this week. Of course, like we said, big 10 tournament, um, hopefully some news, like you said on the, on the MLB front, and oh, yeah, we'll be back too. to cover it all. We'll be back to cover it all next week. Um, as always, I am Frank. That is Evan. We are the Warren 94 podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Make sure to follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter. Um, maybe we'll start a LinkedIn so you can follow us there. Um, <laughs> and uh, make sure to share share us with your uh, favorite sports fan in your life or maybe your least favorite sports fan as well. Um, as always, We love you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. If you think the MLB owners are in the right, you might need a recheck. Recheck.